Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Psalms 47 says, Clap ye hands, all ye people, and shout to the Lord with the voice of... Come on, I can't hear you this morning. Shout to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Come on, let's stand up and clap our hands, and we're going to shout unto the Lord and worship Him. We are here to worship you today, Lord. Father, we are here to worship you. Lord, we have been fasting for 21 days. We have been seeking your face. We have been denying ourselves, Lord, so that you can fill us up. And today, God, we're going to leave filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to leave today filled with the presence of God. We're going to leave today knowing that we are sons and daughters of the living King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, let's give him another big clap today, would you? Hallelujah! Glory to the Lamb of God. Praise the name of Jesus. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Um, it's been a while, so... You're going to get, you know, it's a, you know, if you preach every week, you get a wheelbarrow full. If you only preach once every 10 years, you get a dump truck full. So this morning, you're going to get a dump truck full. How many of you are ready for God to touch you in a new, in a fresh way? Pastor asked me to close out the, uh, the fast and, and, and the series that we are in. And uh, we've, been, we've been talking about awakening awakening the, the presence of God within us, making room for God to move in our life. We get so busy. We get so distracted with the things of the world. And, man, I tell you what, it's just an honor to stand. Where's Josh at? Where's Josh? Is he, he's, he's upstairs. Didn't he do a phenomenal job last week? Come on, let's give it up for Josh. Man, I tell you what, he did a wonderful job letting us know how the, the enemy wants to try to steal our joy, to, to keep us from the presence of God, things that keep us from our passion. Today, I want to talk to you about passion. I know I'm not real qualified to preach on passion. It's not something, I'm not a very passionate person. You know, when I watch football, I'm usually the guy that's just sitting there, just like, really? Do we have, no, no, I'm just kidding you. I'm a very passionate person. I love Jesus, and I love to be passionate for him. I love to worship God and to give him praise and glory and honor. So it is an honor today to stand before you and to proclaim the message that God has laid upon my heart today. You know, how many of you ever been to a... uh, a dinner theater that's uh, maybe like Dixie Stampede or, or, or the uh, medieval times out there on Highway 90. It, it, you, it's a participation dinner, okay? The dinner, woo, has been spread before us today. I'm the entertainment, well, I'm the preacher today, okay? But I want you to participate with me. It's not just about me up here. It's not just about the word that... That, that I've got, but I want you to participate today. I want you to be participators in what God has in store for each and every one of us. Let's turn to um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. 
When it gets quiet, it makes me nervous. I don't like to be nervous. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou shalt stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Stir up the gift of God. Passion starts with the gift. We have to understand that you are created on purpose for a purpose. God has a purpose for each and every one of you out there today. The, create, um, the created force behind great art and drama and great music and great architect and great writings is passion. There's nothing been created in this world today that didn't take some passion, that, that didn't take somebody to say, you know, I think I can create this beautiful art and then just walk off and leave it because it would have never been created. But it was a passion that maybe began to dwell up inside of him. Maybe it was a, um, um, a singer or a musician. Uh, as a young child, he picked up a guitar and began to kind of play a few chords and think, you know, I might get really good at this. And the more that he practiced and the more passion that he had and the more that he sought others that were playing more that he sought others that, that knew the, the profession, that he began to get good. And it was that passion inside of him that drove him to do great things. And today, I want to stir up that passion inside of you. I know it's there. God has placed it there. And God has great things in store for each and every one of us. But too many times, we just set on our passion. Oh, well, sorry about that. We just sit on our passion, and we let the world go to hell, and we forget that there are people that need Jesus, that they're working beside us, that they live beside us, and it is that passion inside of us that's going to draw them into the everlasting promises of God. Passion is what energizes life. Passion makes the impossible possible. You know, a lot of times, uh, if uh, if uh, a builder... Is going to build a, a house or build a building. You know, um, I mean, I go on these construction sites, and, and they're humongous. And, you know, I watch these buildings begin to, to grow from ground level and up to skyscraper level. And I think, you know, it takes some passion. It takes some time. I mean, it may go on for years. They may build this building for years before it's completed. It takes some time. Passion makes the impossible. What's impossible in your life today? What impossible circumstance are you looking at? What impossible feat is before you? Can I tell you this morning that passion, passion to see it through, passion to hang on to God, Passion to, 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 to see God work in, in an amazing way. It is that passion that makes the impossible possible. Passion says, I'm going to do something with my life. Without passion, life becomes boring. It becomes routine. It becomes dull. I don't want to live life routine. I, you know... Um, I can't. I really can't. Believe it or not, I can, I can live life routine. Give me routine. 
I love routine. I love to get up in the morning. I love to get my coffee. I love to turn on the TV. I love to watch the news. I love to come home from work. I love to just sit in my chair, drink some tea, dinner. I love routine, but that's boring. Who wants life boring? Passion gives us a sense that there's something greater out there that God... Passion, when, when, when you're just sitting there watching TV and drinking tea or whatever, it, 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 it doesn't give you that fulfillment like when you have a passion in your life for something and you're out there doing it. It doesn't matter how long it takes or how late you have to stay up. It really doesn't matter. It is that passion that's going to drive you to do great things. God created us with the emotion to have passion in your life, and He wants you to live a passionate life. Oh, God wants us to live a passionate life. I don't think that he died on the cross and shed his blood for us so that we can live a a boring and a mundane life. But he gave his all so that we could give our all for him. He gave his all so that we can be passionate people for the things of Christ. Passion is what mobilizes armies into action. Freedom. The freedom that we enjoy costed somebody something. Somebody had to stand up before an enemy and said, I'll give my life so that the generations beyond me can live in freedom and charge to heal with great passion. It is that kind of passion that we can enjoy the freedom that we have today. Passion is what causes explorers to go boldly, or let me start over again. Passion is what causes explorers to boldly go where no man has gone before. Heard that before. Passion is what caused scientists to stay up late at night hours trying to find the cure for a dreaded disease. Passion is what takes a good athlete and turns him into a great athlete and begins to break records and sets a new course. Any athlete out there, good athlete, great athlete, didn't get there just by chance, but he got there because there was a burning within his soul. There was a desire to do more and to be great. And he began to build on that desire and begin to build on that passion that he had and see it through. In fact, this truth is all through the Bible. The Bible tells us that we are to seek God passionately. We are to love God passionately. The Bible says that we are to serve and obey God passionately. He wants us to live a passionate life. We must trust God for that passion. Mark chapter 1, verse 12. Flip over there to me. Um, I'm reading out of the King James Version. It's, um, it's the Bible I used to use. It's what I'm most familiar with. Mark chapter 12. Used to have those Bible relays, amen. Stand up when you get it. Cheryl, verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, thy strength. This is the first commandment. Passion takes intentionalism. One of the things that Pastor had had preached on in the very beginning is that... um, to do anything at all, much less to do anything for Christ, you have to be intentional. If you're not intentional, 
as I said, Josh and Pastor did such a great job of telling us how easy it is for the world to just suck us in, to just get too busy. I mean, we're busy doing good things. We're, we're, we're busy working and, and making a living, you know, providing for our families, providing for our kids, whatever. You know, I mean, it's, it's intense. It's good things. But in order to be passionate for God, because, see, the enemy, I put him on alert last night, told him, you, yeah, you're on alert because we're going to get intentional. This year, this year is going to be the greatest year that you had because you're going to be intentional about it. One of pastor's sayings is, is that this is going to be the greatest year spiritually because we're going to be intentional about the things of God. We're going to be intentional about seeking God. To be passionate about something or someone, we must first believe in what we are passionate about. We can't be passionate about anything if we half-heartedly believe it. If we don't truly believe that we can take to heal, if we truly believe that our efforts may be in vain or, or, or our strength or our thoughts or, or, or activities may be in vain, you know, if the time that we spend in practice and weightlifting and, 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 and preparing, if we feel just a, a, the, the smallest little bit that it may be in vain, we're not going to be real passionate about it. It's not going to be something that's going to wake us up in the morning thinking, man, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do this. We have to believe in something in order to be passionate about it. And I believe before we can be intentional about being passionate for Christ, we have to believe in Him with our whole heart and our soul and our mind. There can be no doubt whatsoever. We, we, we have to totally trust in the Word of God and what the Word of God says to us. When we believe the Word of God, then we are willing to die for the cause of Christ. It doesn't matter what it costs. It doesn't matter what, it, what, it, what He wants us to give up. I was about 28 years old. Grew up a Catholic boy, altar boy, First Communion, Confirmation. Some of you know what I'm, I'm speaking of. And then I met my beautiful wife, Michelle, about 19, or she met me, actually, but that's another story. I was like, no, nah, baby, I'm, you know, I'm just, she kept going, and obviously we're here, but uh, no, just kidding. Um, changed my life forever. Introduced me to Christ, Jesus. We began to, we got married, and when we got married, we thought, what does married people do? They get involved in church. That's what we were in church, so when we got married, we, we got to get involved in church now. We got to start doing things in the church. And so we started out in the nursery, and, and, and um, God started, you know, blessing, and we was liking it. We went to children's church and began to do children's church at the at church, and God began to bless it, and it was wonderful. And then all of a sudden, there began to be something inside of me that just began to, to stir. It's like, oh, man, Lord, what is this? It's unfamiliar to me to, to feel this stirring inside of me. I might have to jump that thing. I'm about ready to preach. No, I'm just kidding. And it was the call of God on my life. It was God knocking. Boom, boom, boom. 
knocking at my heart's door. And I didn't know what it was. I, I, I don't have anyone in my family. My lintage from me back is no one that I know of that's in the ministry. We went to church. I mean, we were Catholic. We went on Sunday. We went to Mass Saturday. You know, I mean, we knew, I knew God, I knew Christ, and I knew the Jesus they wanted me to know. But this was different. This was exciting, but fearful. And so I began to talk to the pastor at the church we were in, and I began to share with him what what was going on inside of me and and, and what I was feeling in my heart and my soul. And and he's like, brother, um, you got the calling. You got it, brother. It, it's yours. You know, you, you, it, it's, I said, okay, what do I do with it? What do I do with the calling of God upon my life? He said, well, you can go to uh, school, maybe get you some schooling. I mean, and uh, so that's what I did. I went to Berean at that time. It's called Berean. I think it's Global University now. And uh, went through Berean. Um, there were 12 of us that, that graduated after four years of Berean. And um, got, I was ordained, I was lic- or certified, licensed, and ordained. And, uh, but in the midst of that, God started knocking again. What? What, Lord? I don't know, maybe, maybe someone today is here that God's knocking. You're, you, you feel that there's something God wants you to do. There's, there's a calling in your life, but... But, but you've not totally opened that door yet. You've not totally allowed God to come in and, and, and just lead and guide you and, and, and passionately begin to pursue that which God has called you to do. Because I said this morning, you are created for a purpose. Each and every one of you here today, no matter how young or how old you are, have a purpose for God to accomplish there's someone that God has in store for you that you need to share the word of God to. They may not even get saved unless you are the one that shares the love of God with them. Hallelujah. So then I was about 28, as I said, and, and me and Michelle had been doing some children's ministry. We'd been going out on the road, and, and I would work all day. She would, was home with the kids, and I would run home, and we would jump in our car. We'd drive to... A church maybe an hour away, do the kids' crusade that night, drive home, go to work, do it all again. Sunday through Wednesday, tear down on Wednesday night, be somewhere else the next week, telling Jesus, I mean, telling kids about Jesus. Knock, knock. What now, Lord? I need you to go full time in the ministry. What? What? No, I've got a job, Lord. I've been here since I was 14 years old. Worked after school. Yeah, I did graduate. Been here since I was 14 years old. What do you mean you want me to quit my job and go full-time in the ministry? Lord, do you know how much passion that's going to take? Do you understand the passion that it's going to take for me to just give it up, give everything up, and to totally rely upon you? Are you? Is the call real in your life, Larry? Do you really love me? Are you really willing to sell out? Are you really willing to get passionate for me? Yes, Lord. Quit your job. Show me. Trust me. Prove me. So, I went to Michelle. She's I already knew that. 
what are you talking about? I knew, I knew God wanted us to go full-time in the ministry. And, you know, I was just waiting on you to, to hear from God and, 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 and make the move. So I did. I quit my job, went in, told them, two weeks, I'm done. Going on the road, full-time ministry. There's children evangelists. This was back, what, in the 80s, Michelle? It was unheard of. People didn't go into children's ministry full-time. You can't, I mean, I had pastors tell me, you, 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 can't, you can't sustain a family. We, we had uh, Braden and Chase. You can't sustain a family on the road doing children's ministry. You know how, much, how many pennies kids bring in? Yeah, but pennies add up. And then God multiplies them. And then, you know what I mean? And then God began to, to uh, show himself real to us. He began to provide in ways that, that we couldn't even imagine. And for seven years, we traveled on the road as children evangelists. Give God praise this morning, would you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. The Scripture says that we are to love God with all of our heart. Man, that, that means that every beat of your heart, your, your heart is a muscle. We got to put some muscle into loving God. You know what I mean? I mean, we got to put some muscle into it. We got to put some oomph into, into our worship and into our praise and into our step for God. We got to put some umption into the Word of God. We got our soul, our mind. We got to meditate on God. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing that should go through your mind is, I want to worship God today. I want my life to worship God today. I want my, my being, I want my presence to be a worship unto the living God today. In order to be intentional about knowing Jesus, we have to know who Jesus is. And before we can worship Him and be intentional and passionate about Him, we got to know who Jesus is. In Revelations chapter 1, verse 8, He is the Almighty One. In Revelations 22, 13, He is the Alpha and the Omega. In John chapter 6, verse 35, He is the bread of life. Come on, church, help me out this morning, would you? In Psalms 18 and 22, He is the chief cornerstone. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 10, He is the deliverer. In John 10, 11, He is the good shepherd. In Hebrews 14, He is the great high priest. In John 8 and 58, he, he is the I am in Isaiah 7 14 he is Emmanuel in Acts 10 42 he's the judge in Revelation chapter 17 verse 14 he is the king of kings and the lord of lords in Luke 2 11, he is the savior in John 9 10 he is the door in 1 Corinthians he is the rock he is the rock that we can build our life upon, that we can put our trust in. Hallelujah. In, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, He is the wonderful King, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Glory to God. That's who He is. That's the God that I'm passionate about. That's the God today that I want you to get passionate about. This is going to be your greatest year yet because it's going to be your greatest year in passion for God. You're going to have a new passion. A word today is new wine. God wants to pour His wine inside of you. He wants you to experience Him in a way this year like you have never experienced Him before. Hallelujah. That's just my introduction. Now we get to preach. Hallelujah. Number two, we must inquire God. 
We've got to be intentional. Believe me. If I'm not intentional to pray and worship, whew, how long has it been? Uh, it's just been a couple of weeks. Lord, no, no, really, it's been a month or two. It's been a month or two, Larry. We need to be intentional. We need to inquire. God, we need to give God a chance to work in our life. Too many, I mean, as pastor says, I mean, we have nothing against doctors. God has blessed them in their profession and give them favor and wisdom. Let's give God a chance. Let's give God a chance. Let's give Jesus a chance. In order to be passionate for God, we must be people of prayer. Luke chapter 21. Turn over just a couple pages there. Luke chapter 21, um, yeah, chapter 21, verse 36. Hallelujah. Jeff, would you mind bringing me that water right there? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Luke chapter 21, verse 36. For ye therefore, or watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, to stand before the Son of God. Always. Focus in on that word, always. Passionate people always are thinking about what they're passionate about. Have you, have you ever um, went up to anyone that's, that's passionate about cars? I mean, you know, they, they, they've got like a fleet of cars in their driveway. They, they got car magazines everywhere. They, you know, you walk up to them, you know, How, how's the weather? Oh, it's awesome. But, man, have you seen that new uh, uh, 19 or 20 whatever? And it's like, you know, have you, have, you, have you seen the late? No, I haven't, you know. I mean, they're passionate about it. They inquire about the magazines. They inquire about what's new out there. They, they watch the TV. They watch TV shows. They, they want to know about what they are passionate about. And we, we need to watch, therefore, and pray always that we may uh, be accounted worthy to escape the things that shall come to pass. Whenever I start to lose my passion, believe it or not, it does happen, Whenever I start to lose my passion, the first thing I look at is my prayer life. Where's my prayer life with God? How long has it been? How long has it been since I've given God an opportunity to speak to me? Because that's where passion comes from is when when we give God an opportunity, and in that opportunity we see God move, what's going to stir passion in you like? Gas on fire. Answered prayer will always ignite your passion. I, I, I shared this on a Wednesday night, and I kept telling the Lord I didn't want to share it again because I've already shared it with some of you, but not all. It was on a Tuesday night, like I said, Wednesday. It was on a Tuesday night prayer here. But you guys know Chase, our son, when Chase was about 18 months old, he was diagnosed with a chromosome disorder. It's called 13Q syndrome. And um, it was a very bleak diagnosis. They brought us into a dark room and, and um, began to tell us all the horrible things that 
Chase was going to have to endure, and um, he would even be lucky if he would live past two years old. He's 18 months now. Said very high, it, it likely that 13Q syndrome children, I mean, he was only one of a hand few in the world at the time, only one that we knew of in the United States at the time. And uh, it was a very bleak and, and, and rough time. We, we didn't necessarily accept that. We began to pray. The family began to pray. We were devastated, obviously. But we began to pray, and we began to seek God, and, and that God was going to heal him. And um, we thought, you know, God, we have passionately been seeking you, and uh, we want another test. We want another opinion. You did your test. That's great. But, I, I, you know, now that we, 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 we prayed and, and we sought God, it's time to do another test. So they did another test, came back, same result. All right, God, you know, what, what, what are you doing here, you know? So Chase was probably about two, about three, three and a half years old. We were at the church that God called us to go into the full-time ministry at, and we had a revival. I don't know how many of you ever heard of Mark Perky, Mike Perky's brother. I don't know. He's maybe a southern guy, powerful preacher come did a revival for us, like we had last year, a revival. It was um, every night for a week. Back then, we went a week. Now, it's just three days, three nights, or whatever. But anyway, story, let me get back to the story here. Um, Chase had been experiencing a urinary tract infection for over a year. We had taken him to several doctors' hospitals. We lived in Tulsa. We went to the large children's hospital up in Oklahoma City to see what the doctors could do. They ran a battery of tests. They did everything imaginable. There were several times I thought I was going to have to, you know, kind of take some doctors um, out back behind the woodshed and see if we can't get him some help and some relief. They give him antibiotic, and a week later, he's experiencing another urinary tract infection. Did not understand it. Could not figure it out. We were in the middle of this revival, and um, um, altar time came. We were praying. Michelle was praying. She just felt in her heart to go to the nursery to get Chase and bring him up there, and we're going to anoint Chase with oil, and we're going to pray for him, and we're going to give God a chance. We're going to give God a chance. We just got to give him a chance sometimes. So she went and got chased. She brought him up there. The evangelists began to pray for him. The pastor, we all gathered around, and we began to pray for, for God to touch and heal his body and to take this urinary traction uh, affection away that had been plaguing him for over a year. And as we began to pray for him, God began to move upon that little boy. And I tell you, he's 33 now. From that night to now, he has never seen a doctor for a new whoo, for a urinary tract infection. Never has he seen it again. Nothing will give you passion like an answered prayer. Give God a chance to answer the prayers of your life. Give him a chance to build that fire inside of you by, by answering what you need in your heart. I tell you this morning, God is willing. He's waiting. He's wondering. It, 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 it's not God's end. God, God's end is okay. God's end can take care of it. It didn't take him by surprise. He didn't wake up and think, you know, wow, I hope they don't pray about that situation because, 
Woo, that, that's messed up right there. You know, I mean, that, that's going to take a little. No, it did not take God by surprise. All we have to do is to pray and to give God a chance. You want your passion to be fueled today. Give him a chance throughout our life, throughout our life. God has proved himself real to us, me and Michelle, in our life. When we pastored, there were times that we didn't have much. And, you know, it's like we don't, we don't know where it's going to come from. There'll be a knock on the door. Somebody's bringing us some food. Somebody's giving us an offering. Somebody's doing this or that for us. Believe me, just give God a chance. I know here in this church on, on Tuesday nights that, that there, there were testimonies that we would pray and God would move on our behalf and God would answer prayer on our behalf. And I tell you what, we serve a prayer answering God. We serve a prayer answering God if we only give Him a chance and give Him an opportunity to answer that prayer in our life. Hallelujah, Jesus. We must inquire of God. We must inquire God in worship. Woo! Come on now, that right there, that word alone ought to make you just stand up and gyrate a little bit. You know what I mean? Glory! Hallelujah! Oh, we need to inquire God in our worship. And giving praise. You know, there, there, there's times in my truck when I, I, I drive a truck for a living. And when, when I'm in my truck and, and there was a song a few years back, Lauren Daigle, bless her heart. She came up with a song about trust without borders. Ooh, let that, let that simmer a little bit there, you know. Trust. Well, how many times that we pray and we put borders on it, on our prayer? We, we, God doesn't have any borders. God doesn't know east, uh, you know, south and west. God doesn't have, he, he, we put the borders on our prayers, but she came out with that song, Trust Without Borders. And I began to listen to that on the radio, and tears just began to stream down my face. And, and I thought, you know, God, how many times have we boxed you in? How many times have we fenced you in when really we just need to trust you without borders, God? We need to trust you with, with a passionate heart, knowing that what our request is, you are able to take care of it. You know, there's times in, I mean, I, worshiping in the car is awesome, you know. Somebody pulls up beside you and you're just worshiping God and they're thinking you're crazy, you know. But you're about ready to get out of that car right there at the stoplight and run around it, amen, because there's a passion inside of you to worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Real quickly here, moving on. Back in about 1990, there was a revival that came to Brownsville, Florida. You may have heard of his great awakening of Brownsville. Me and Michelle had the opportunity to go. We went twice. And uh, first time we went, we rode a bus like, I don't know, 86 hours or something. I mean, it was crazy, you know. And uh, the next time we went, she was like eight months pregnant with the twins. You know, that was fun. But, uh, um, no, it was great. And, and you know, you, we, if you know Brownsville at all, you, you understand what I'm talking about. But, I mean, people would literally get to the church at about 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, th- this is on a Monday, you know, on a, on a Thursday. It didn't matter. It went seven days a week, every night. They were packing the house out. It was crazy. And when we went there, we got in line. And, I don't know, we were there like about 9 o'clock, and we're 400 people back. Think, my God, these are some passionate individuals. You know what I mean? They're passionate about God. But you know what? I tell you, um, in that revival, it was amazing to see that when, you, when, when they opened the door at about, 
you know, 45 minutes before service was to start, people begin to just file in and just fill up the sanctuary, fill up the balcony, fill up the overflows, and you're just anticipating something. You know, you've been standing outside in the in the in the Florida heat for uh, you know all day long. You know, save my line, I got to go to the restroom. You know what I mean? And so you you come back and and you're anticipating something. You know, and then all of a sudden, Lyndall Cooley was his name. He stepped up to the keyboard, and they'd be like. I mean, everybody's like, why? You know, I mean, they're just worshiping God with, 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 with passion. Why? Because they were, in, in, they, they were intentional and they were inquiring of God and they were so ready to just worship God. I tell you what, you want passion? Let worship ignite you. Wake up in the morning worshiping God. At lunchtime, put on some music. Turn the radio station to one of those Christian stations and just begin, put a CD in cassette tape if you still got the old but put something in to worship God and let the presence of God just fill you hallelujah hallelujah and don't judge people that that um passionately worship God you know I've been in churches that passion you know there, there's that individual there's a you know years ago it was always that one individual like you know oh, I don't want to bring a visitor because I know sister Mr. So-and-so, you know, they're going to run the aisles, and they're going to, you know, I know <laughs> it's going to be crazy, you know. And uh, so I, But no, don't. Because I want to tell you this morning that, you know, you don't, you don't always know someone's life. You don't always know the circumstances. I mean, you see them maybe passionately worshiping God, and I mean, going after God, like, 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 I mean, just, just can't imagine. They, they're just, they're just, they're just full in. I mean, they're passionate and they're full in about worshiping God. But, but what we don't understand is where they had to go to get it. Come on. We don't know what they had to go through. They, we, we don't know what the devil has drugged them through or, or the circumstances in their life that they may be right in the middle of. And somehow, they were able to stir up that passion inside of them and begin to worship God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We may just land this plane on time. Forgot to tell you the, my title of my message. I got so passionate. It's uh, Reignite the Passion. Reignite the passion of your life. Reignite the passion of your life. I know I had another page up here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, it's on the floor? Oh, no, this here's the old-time offering envelope back when they... Anyway, hallelujah. Maybe this is it upside down. No, that's a blank sheet. Oh, there it is. We must be intentional. We must give God a chance. We, meet, we need to inquire God. And thirdly, we must be ignited. Oh, this is what I've been waiting on. You know what I mean? For a week now, I've been waiting for this moment right here that I can actually preach a little bit. I thank Pastor for giving me this opportunity. As I said, you get the dump truck tomorrow or next week. Braden is preaching. You'll get the you know, whatever, but uh, today you get the dump truck because we must be igniting it. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 again. 
Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance to stir up the gift of God which is in thee to put, uh, as a putting on of hands. We've got to stir up that gift inside of us. I want to read also, and they, they don't have it up there. If you want to grab it real quick, that's fine. If not, but out of the mass message Bible, the same Scripture. It says that precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is. Hand it down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Enos, and now to you and the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed, keep it ablaze. Woo! Keep it ablaze, that, that, that special ministry that was in your grandmother and it was in your mother and now it's in you. Don't let it die. You see, sometimes we, we just have to have passion because we have a lineage of people. We, we have a host of individuals behind us that have been passionate with God. And you know what? I don't want it to end with me. I don't want it to say, this Larry's generation was the generation that the passion for Christ had died. See, Michelle's grandmother, she's, um, what's, 90, 96 years old. She's been ordained since she was like 17. Add that up. <laughs> oh, my calculator. She was, or, uh, she was a lady ordained in the Assemblies of God before it was popular. You remember that song about I was country? I think it was before. She was a minister, a lady minister before it was popular. Michelle's mom served God all of her life. It's all she's ever known is church. It's all she's ever known is God. I'm telling you of a history. I'm telling you of passionate people that sought God. Was it easy for Grandma Fox to, to preach the Word as a lady back in the, in, in the uh, you know, 1940s, 1950s, 1960s? Was it easy for her to stand up before a congregation and, and tell them of the message of God? No, it wasn't easy. But did she have a passion? Yes, she had a passion. And, oh, I tell you what, I could just see her in her mind today, Michelle. Can you just see um, Grandma Fox? She always had a little hanky. Oh, Grandma Fox loved her little hanky. They were always embroidery too, you know. Had an embroidery little flower and roses. She loved roses too. And, you know, she would have her hanky and preach. Woo! Now, I, I, I'm nothing to her. You know what I mean? I only wish that when I grow up, I can preach like Grandma Fox could preach because Grandma Fox knew how to preach, man. Why? Because she relied on the Holy Spirit. She relied on the wind of the Holy Ghost. But boy, that old hanky would just get to waving and make Grandma, come on, somebody help me this morning, would you? And Grandma Fox would just get to preaching and then the house would just erupt. Michelle. I love her with all my heart, my soul. She's been, I am what I am today because of her and the lineage of her family. As I said, there's not that lineage in mine, but it comes from her. I don't want to disappoint, I don't want to disappoint God, but I don't want to disappoint Sister, Fo uh, Miss, Sister Fox, Grandma Fox. There's been a lineage. Maybe you, you say there's nobody in your life, there's no preachers in your family. Find someone. Man, get a hold of pastor, get a hold of somebody. And say, you know, he inspires me to be great. They inspire, that lady on TV, um, she inspires me to be great. I, I, I want to be passionate for God. I want the kind of passion that she has. And, and, and I want to be passionate for God as she is passionate for God. Stir up the gift. There's a gift inside of you this morning. There's a gift that's, that, that maybe it's been laying dormant. Maybe, maybe it's just been kind of, maybe through this fast. 
maybe through the fast, maybe God's beginning to speak to you a little bit, and, and, and you're thinking, you know, that something is stirring. You're, you're sitting there this morning, and you're thinking, something is stirring inside of me. Oh, let it stir today, God. Let it stir today. We will have our best year spiritually when we keep the passion of Jesus ablaze. I want to be a church that's on fire for God. I want to be a church that when they hit that first note, we're up there just worshiping God. You know, it don't take a song or a song and a half, you know. But no, we're immediately ablaze for Jesus Christ. We come into this place with an expectancy to worship God. This is going to be the greatest year that this church has ever had. I believe it with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, that we're going to be the most passionate church in this area. We're going to see things that we can't even imagine. We're going to see healings. We're going to see deliverance. We're going to see people come to Jesus Christ like we've never seen before. It's something we can get passionate about today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Worship team, if you would, come on up here. Hallelujah. Just as we started 2000, or no matter what you went through in 2018, remember, you went through it. You may say, I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't want to go back, but you went through it. You're here. <laughs> you're here. That's something to clap about, you know. I mean, you're here. You're still breathing, <laughs> you know. You know, you're still, you're, you're okay. You may be a little worn. You may be a little torn. But let me encourage you today, you're okay. And God wants to, no matter what you went through last year, no matter what you went through last year, God wants to give you a passion for this year. So that when we get to the end of 2019, you're going to be able to look back and say, you know what? Come on, church. This has been my greatest year yet. Oh, did I go through some stuff? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I went through some stuff. Don't think I didn't go through some stuff because I did. But you know what? I went through it passionately because I let God stir up the gift inside of me. I let God do a work inside of me that you can't even imagine. I surrendered. I prayed. And I worshiped like never before. I went after God like a crazy man. And because of that, we're going to have the greatest year that we can imagine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not done yet. I got one more little story I want to tell you as the worship team's getting ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for that, that gift of God to be stirred up in your life? Are you ready? This summer, this um, burly um, camper of a guy, it's me, you know, this lumberjack of an individual, um, decided to go camping. We're going camping, Michelle. Let's get stuff together, and we're we're, we're going to go camping. And uh, so you know, we I, I rush home on a Friday. We've got the reservations. I don't know if it's like Memorial Day, Labor Day, or something. Anyway, we're going we're going camping. And uh, so I um I get home. We, we Michelle's got stuff loaded. And we, we finished packing everything up, and and then we had. She's like, "Do you need the GPS to campground?" No, it's Shabonars. 
I know where that's at, you know, I mean, it's only a few miles from the house. So we, we head out, you know, she's following me in her car, and I've got the truck, it's loaded down, and um, yeah, I went the wrong way, so just to clarify that. We got there about an hour late, but it didn't matter, you know, it was, we begin to set up, and uh, our camp, got our tent set up, got the canopy, got everything, and uh, I decided I'm going to build a fire. It's about 10 o'clock at night, you know, I mean, there's other fires in the camp going, and it's beautiful, smells great, you know, and hey, I, I can do this, so I get some wood, and I put the wood in the in the fire pit, and uh, I, I I I cheat a little bit though. Okay, I'm not quite the lumberjack I made myself out to be, but uh, I get these little things called fire starters. I think Jesus just developed these things. I think Jesus anointed these things. You know what I mean? Because they will start a fire just like that. You know, fire starter. Does anybody need a? I don't know. Anybody need a fire starter today? Do you, do, you, do you need a fire? Do you need someone? Do you need Jesus to come in and start a fire inside of you today? Fire starters. So I've got the wood, and, and um, I've got the fire starter going, and I laid the wood on top of there, and, and um, the wood don't catch on fire. Whoever seen wood that don't burn, you know what I mean? So I put another fire starter under there, and it kind of comes to life just a little bit, you know. And and um, but then it goes out again. Man, I'm I'm going somewhere this morning. I'm going somewhere this morning. So I can, I, I can beat this. Ain't no fire going to make me, you know. And I look over there, and Michelle's on her phone, you know. I said, "What are you doing?" She says, "Oh, I'm just googling why fire, wood won't burn." I say, yeah, yeah, right. You, I know what you're Googling. You're Googling why my dumb husband can't even start a fire. You know, That's what you're Googling, you know. And so, I mean, it was weird. It's like wood that don't burn. So I, I, I can beat that. I know what fire needs. Fire needs oxygen. So I went, because we had a tent. We had our blow-up mattress that we were sleeping on. I went in the tent and got this very pump right here. Now, I would plug it in, but it's ear-piercing, okay? And so it's about 1030 at night. I'm at the campground with my fire. I've got a fire starter right here, baby. I mean, it just blazes up like some kind of a, 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 a black a blacksmith's fire, you know. And I mean, and Michelle's like, turn it off, turn it off. You're going to get us in trouble. You're going to get kicked out of here. You know, turn it off. I'm like, no, I'm starting this fire one way or the other, you know. I mean, I'm passionate about starting this fire. And then, you know, it burned a little bit, and it went out. Really? So what do I do? I go get my fire starter again. I start blazing that thing, giving it more oxygen than what you can imagine. And you know what? God told me. God called me to come here this morning. Because maybe you just got... Oh, stand up with me, would you? Stand up, everyone. Maybe you just got a spark. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I, I'm not passionate like, like you are. All you have is a spark. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, is a fire storm. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.